You're listening to the Loot Page Podcast. This week's episode, I've got Amy Bett on, um, and this is a this is one of the most important episodes that uh, I've actually done. It's different to what I normally go through, um, but we're going to be talking one of the, about one of the most important things in your business. Well, it's almost the most important thing, which is your money, your finances. Um, so Amy's going to teach us how to set up our bank accounts so we can manage our cash flow super effectively. Wow. Make sure you grab your pen with this um, because you're going to be taking a lot of notes. All right, here we go. You're listening to the Luke Page Podcast, the number one podcast specifically made for coaches. Get ready for out-of-the-box conversations from the world's leading coaches and experts. We're going to be talking all things business, health, happiness, and just being the most amazing human being that you can. Why? Well, I ask why not? See, we're only here once. We've got one life, so let's make this thing count. I believe that we can have it all. All the money, all the love, all the joy, all the success, all the excitement. I'm here for all of it. And if you are too, then come along with me. Let's do this. Good to have a fellow Australian on the podcast, by the way, because so many of my guests are from the States. So I love whenever I get Australians on. Whereabouts are you from again? Which state? I'm in Bowen Heads, Victoria. Oh, there you go. Yeah, well, I'm in Melbourne as well. So I live in oh. uh, Yarraville. Do you know Yarraville? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, yeah. I surf, awesome. so I always come down to 13th Beach and all that around there, so... Do you really? I might have seen you on the town, who knows? Oh, uh, you might have, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And I know what you mean about the Americans, so I have been working with Americans for the last bloody three or four years yeah. in masterminds and yep. coaching circles and all that kind of stuff, so mm-hmm. I've really only come back to the Australian market in the last... 12 months, I would say. Yeah, okay, cool, nice. Mm. So what got you into doing with the profit first? Um, give me, because we're going to be chatting about um, obviously what's going with inflation and, and just uh, setting up a bank account so we can kind of manage our cash flow as entrepreneurs, which is a really cool topic, by the way. Um, yeah. What, can, can you give me like a little bit of an insight and give us a little bit, by the way, we are recording if you don't know. We're already in this oh, thing. Are we? We're already oh in this God. thing, Amy. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't do the intros. We're just like that's how we start. We start by just chatting. Um, uh, right. Su- okay. Su- guys. Surprise! <laughs> surprise, everybody. Um, so, can you just like give me a bit of that's like so a, a bit of a background um, into like what Profit First is? Like, what do you do? How'd you get into it? Just so before we get into this topic, we kind of got a bit of a context. Yeah. Sure. So I came into the profit first method and I guess being deeply passionate about managing your business finances after failing in my first business myself. So I became a business owner out of necessity. Mm -hmm. I used to work for the Cottenham Group managing charity fund runs and my husband also worked for the group as well. And just about the time when we were about to have our second baby, he suffered a brain injury that ended his corporate career. And so he couldn't take care of the baby. I couldn't work full time. So I decided to start my own business. And that meant that, you know, I just had to delve straight in. And it was awesome. I got clients really quickly. Mm, that's full but, on, by the way. Yeah, look, it was full on. Yeah. But luckily, I was able to just kind of get on with the show and pivot and find a way to survive Mm. and we did we got clients really quickly we were managing awesome events 
people like the Cottenham Group or organisations like the Cottenham Group, uh, Country Road, David Jones, they were all hiring us to organise events for them. Yeah. And that part of it was awesome. Delivering a service for them was awesome. It was what I was used to. I was good at that. Yeah. But I realised very quickly that there's a whole other side of managing business finances that I hadn't been privy to, like paying taxes, mm-hmm. working out how much to charge for your services hiring team and how much to pay them when it's coming out of your pocket as well. There were just so many different elements and Mm. heaps of money was coming into my bank account, but it was going again just as quickly. And I could not figure out for the life of me how to make it work where we were actually really profitable. Even after talking to accountants and, um, you know, friends that I felt were really well-versed in the finance space. Yeah. I was like, I can't, I can't figure this out. I don't know how much money I've got at any one time. Don't really know how much, how much I'm earning. Inconsistent revenue. Like it was just a bit of a shit show, mm. to be honest. Yep. And it wasn't until I decided to close the business, yep. lick my wounds, and figure out what I do next that I got into a lot of personal development and studying and all of those kind of things. Yeah. Just before we get into that, I came across. Sorry, just before we get yeah. into that, Amy, just with the um, your first business, which was events for these these companies, and we're talking like big companies, right? Is it yeah. big companies as well as small companies or are we just like the country roads, cotton and all that? Like it was that size? Mainly yeah. mainly big companies, yeah. My background was always big corporate events. Yeah. So you run Geelong, for example, that was a 12,000 person mm. event, mm-hmm. shutting down roads, you know, there was so much to it. So all of my events I decided from the very get-go I was going to stick in that commercial space so i did help a few friends with their weddings but it was Mm. all large scale big events okay and just to quickly understand like what was the average how did you get paid how did it like you know did you get a deposit did you get it like did it come did it take a year for you to get your money how did it in general and average with dealing with companies like that how is your money coming in structured yeah, so deposit at the at the start, yeah. and then it was structured over the term. So, say for example, a run Geelong, it took it was a six month project. Some yeah. of them are even twelve month projects. It would be a, an initial deposit, say thirty percent deposit up front, mm-hmm. and then it might be like at the six month mark, or then every three months, and then balance paid just before the day. So it was really structured mm. to a point. But I guess what was difficult with that is understanding exactly how many hours it takes Mm -hmm. to fulfill on those roles and then the team that need to come in and those hours yeah it was it was project-based versus hourly rate yep yeah cool um okay so you're heading into your transition into the more personal development space yeah heading into that transition Mm -hmm. and a lot of it was doing some little consulting work on the side just to bring in some revenue, Mm. but at a really small scale so that I had some time and brain capacity to figure out my next steps. And, you know, studying under the likes of, do you know Russell Brunson? Yeah. Of course, I'm a ClickFunnels user. Me too. Obsessed. One of the the rare ones, the Kajabis out there. (laughs) Shit house Kajabis. Seriously, I went to Funnel Hacking Live last year, Luke. Oh, wow. It was unreal. Crazy. It's just like yeah. a, is it like a uh, concert that you go to and it's just all people building landing pages and shit? <laughs> it's insane. Where, but the level of speakers that they had was yeah. insane. Is it, uh, where's it held? In the States? It was in Orlando, Florida, yep. Yeah, cool. So cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, um, you know, down the Russell Brunson kind of path and working out what I do next. And I knew that I really wanted 
to be able to teach something valuable mm. in terms of like a, a very direct result. And it wasn't until I came across a profit first method yep. and I delved into the book and I found finally a solution for managing cash flow where you actually have visibility mm. and you know awareness of what's going on yep. that and I guess I in- implemented it into my own business first that I really was like, oh my goodness, there is a huge need for business owners to learn how to manage their cash flow. I think it's 80% of business owners who fail in business mm-hmm. fail because of a cash flow problem. Mm. So I knew there was a mm. massive, massive need there. Yeah, and it's, the, you know, with, with coaches, because a lot of this audience are, are coaches, Amy. So, um, you know, one thing that we face and one thing that I face, you've got your people who pay up front, um, but then you've got your people who pay in installments. And then you got the people who pay in installments that don't actually pay. And then you got your people who pay in installments and the, the money doesn't go through. They want to pay. And then you got refunds. Like, it's not straightforward. Um, and so yeah. you've got to be able to work this stuff out because the expenses will continue to come every single month, but your income goes like that. Um, have you, um, like, so you've got your, um, what did you call the carver? Is it Carver? Uh, yeah, my, yeah, Carver. It's called Mellow. We've Mello. got a new business called Mellow. So you got yeah. Mellow's coming up. Um, yeah. The Profit First, is this your sole business or like you've got something else on the side, like something that's your main thing and then this Profit First has been born from that? Like what's happening there? No. So I literally created using – I became a, a Profit First professional. So there's a team in Australia of accountants, bookkeepers and coaches. Yeah. I decided to do the Profit First certification and mm-hmm. become – a profit first professional. So that is my full business on the Lady Without Limits side. So basically mm-hmm. I've got an online course myself mm-hmm. yep. where I bring people in through a webinar funnel. Yep. Good old Russell Brunson. Get out of Russell. And then Russell, <laughs> yeah. if you're out there listening, mate, send us We love you. Amy deserves one of those have you got one of those um you know the two CCS? Yeah, we've got one of those. What are they Yeah. They uh not yet. Yeah, I'm you'll get the, one soon. I'm, I literally got um, on the stage with him last year holding up the two CCX. It's like a commitment for the next um, conference to be up there and receive yours. Nice. (laughs) Um, Pretty much got it. You can claim it. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. A bit of mellow work's been going on behind the scenes. But, but yeah, so I've got my online course and then I do one-on-one sessions. So I don't – you would say I'm a coach as well, which is awesome. I love coaches. Yeah. But I, the way that I work is that I've got my online course, which is an open online course. I don't do launches. I just funnel people in mm-hmm. day after day yep. through my webinar yep. and other marketing me- methods. Ads is a big one for me. Yep. And then, yeah, I've got my Facebook group and then two weekly calls where I serve the members, group call, mm-hmm. and then one-on-one if they need a refresher or they, they need some personalized help. So that's why the way that my business, Lady Without Limits, runs, and yep. that is... The, the main income that I bring in at the moment and then hopefully Mellow will be a, another income producer down the track. Nice. And then so um, what type of businesses and people do your online course compared to what type go further than doing one-on-one? Is there a key difference between the type of person and business? No, not really. Um, funnily enough, I find that people just do the one-on-one with me if they just feel very nervous that they don't have the confidence in themselves to be able to understand the method themselves so the Mm. way that i lay out the trainings it's actually pretty simple i want to say now that managing cash flow is not hard i promise you if i can learn it every single person that's listening can learn cash flow right but some people will just 
naturally have the limiting money beliefs where they feel like they've never been able to manage money before. So they need some hand-holding, right? So they are the people that I will have a one-on-one session with and actually take them through the process of doing a cash flow analysis on their business mm-hmm. and physically show them their where they're at how they could make things more ideal and, you know, what their numbers actually say in their business and what needs to turn around. Sweet. All right. Well, um, can we, can you take us through some steps and can we target this towards quote coaches and how we're generally yeah. set up, which would be awesome. Um, yeah. All right. So you got a coach, which is I, I, I basically how I explained it, right? You got your upfronts coming in. Um, you got your um, installments coming in and everything like that that we go through. So for someone who's yeah. really struggling with this cash flow, um, they're making money, but it's like, okay, sweet, I'm killing it this month. And then, oh, next month, hang on a second. Like I didn't realize I was going to be in this position. Um, yeah. What are some steps yeah. that this listener can take where, and even myself, I'm listening right now. So what are some steps that we can take where, because we're talking about setting our bank accounts up, aren't we? Well, we can talk about cash flow in the full process. So we can talk about how to actually understand your finances and and really get intimate with your numbers and then how to have a process to manage your cash flow, which is more of the bank account step. So Mm -hmm. before we get to the bank accounts, and I will go deep into that, we've got to take a bit of a step back Mm -hmm. and understand our money. And I love coaching businesses because believe it or not, coaches, you have the easiest structure to manage. Yep. You really, really do. Yeah. And I know that it feels like you don't because you've got inconsistent cash flow coming through with all those deposits and refunds and everything, mm-hmm. but we just need to think about our money differently. What I love about coaches is that we're all such inspiring people and we usually are there to get the best out of people. And it usually means that coaches are quite optimistic in general, right? Yeah. But there's something when it comes to our money that actually trips us up every now and then. And I am a sucker to this as well. But mm. you know when they have those big months... And they're like, amazing, this is my new normal. Like I'm going to make $50,000 a month every month. But then the next month might be a $10,000 a month, for example. I'm using big numbers here, but Mm. just go with me. And they're like, it it shocks them and throws them off. We can't do that. What we need to do is look at the previous history. So the previous 12 or 6 months or even 3 months, if we haven't got that much history, and understand what our average income is and our average expenses. So... Say 12 months, month to month, you might have had some 20, 50K months, 10K months, whatever it was. But if you look at it on average, so 12 months divided by the amount of months, so the total revenue, sorry, divided by the amount of months that you're looking at, will give you the average. On average, it might actually only be $25,000 months, right? Mm -hmm. And then you do the same thing for your expenses. So what is the average monthly expenses? By doing that, You've actually got a realistic view on how your business is performing and what your expenses actually are. And then what we need to do is understand that we need to do a cash flow analysis on our business every three months, right? Until our average has increased, that's what that is what our actual number is. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Hey, I just want to quickly jump in here to tell you about this awesome new training that I put together. It's called the three steps to get to 10K a month as a coach. Now, if you're a coach and you're currently making under 10K each month and you want to know how you can get there for yourself, how you can be doing 10K months, month after month, then you probably want to check out this really awesome training. I've kept it short, only goes for 14 minutes. You don't even need to opt in, so save your email for another spammer. To watch it, head to www.lukepage.com.au forward slash 
10K. I'm going to pop that link in the show notes. But anyway, let's get back to the episode. Um, can I just jump in with questions whilst we're yes, doing this? Yes, please. Yeah. One was you said, I love coaches because their setup is like quite easy. What What makes it easy? Is it the, no, I guess if you go into a shop and there's hundreds and thousands of transactions, is it is it that? Is it that we have just yeah, no, less transactions well, or? It's not less transactions. It's less, uh, you don't have physical products and inventory and things like that mm-hmm. generally. Some do, some have some merchandise, but in terms of the, the complex of the structure, like some, which, you know, farmers, for example, yep. they've got these huge overheads and they've got to have overdrafts and things to manage the cash flow. Whereas a service-based business like a coach, mm. we mainly just need the five main bank accounts plus... Um, plus a savings or a drip account to help with inconsistent cash flow and you're pretty set. It's not as complex. It's pretty easy. Once you set up the structure in your business, it's actually really easy to manage ongoing. Cool. Tell you, I'm liking the sound of these drip accounts and these five accounts and stuff like that. So um, what? Yes. Do you want me to go a little bit more into the cash flow analysis and then move straight into the bank accounts? Let's go into that. Before you get into it, um, what question did I have? Okay, so you said that... um, look at your last 12 months um, or the income as well as the expenses and you average them out. So um, what happens if, and has it got to be 12 month period? Like what happens if it's no, six months, three you, months? What's the minimum amount you'd fine. say? Three months is going to give you, you know, three months to look at as an average to get a baseline. Like mm. new coaches might've only been trading for three months. So they might only have three months to look at and that's mm. totally fine. Yep. 12 months is great because you see a season in a business over a full year. Like, yep. you know, you've got your summer, your high periods and your winter periods or your lower periods. Yeah. doesn't always apply to coaches that way, but usually you'll see some kind of trend. So mm-hmm. the more months you get, the better. But again, we look at it every three months. So you've got to start somewhere. If you've only got three months worth of data to begin with, that's awesome. Cool. As Yeah, that answers my next question was what, what happens if you're going through a growth period, which, you know, if you are and you're a coach and you're kind of making progress you will um so as opposed to hey if you've got the numbers there and you've been doing this for a while you go 12 months but if hey if you say you're a newer coach and you've been doing this for a year or two and then you're like having a spike then probably look at your last three months beautiful cool that's our first step all right what's next yeah so look at those three months and so the biggest thing that we want to know is we like to look at percentages, okay? So we like to understand what our average percentages are of our revenue because then it's really actually easy to understand if we're profitable. So of our income that's coming in, what is our percentage of expenses of our revenue? Is it some, somewhere that's pretty healthy around the 30% or is it like 60 or 70% and then we know that we've got to make changes? So we need to understand where we're at. Do we have enough money to pay ourselves and pay our taxes and have a product, a profit, sorry, on top of our operating expenses or are things looking really tight and we need to make some changes. Now that seems really complicated, Mm -hmm. but I can literally show business owners how to do a cash flow analysis in like 20 minutes. And it's actually a really simple process. We just need to read our profit and loss report and our balance sheet month to month and then grab the numbers out of it. And it's it's a really simple process, right? So first thing is that cash flow analysis. Mm. Once we've done that, then we actually open the right bank accounts to protect us from spending our money in the wrong way and make sure that we've actually got that visibility. Because the biggest problem that business owners have is when their money's lumped together in one or two bank accounts, Mm. they believe that they've got more money than they do to spend when often they're accidentally spending their tax or money that they should be paying themselves. And they just, 
it, it just leads to heaps of confusion and mm. not even really understanding how much they should be paying themselves. Yeah, I'm thinking of, um, I mean, look, I've read The Barefoot Investor, so that's where I've got my um, kind of accounts from. But I'm thinking, I've, yeah, love it. Uh, we've, we've got a PayPal account. Um, we get paid, I generally charge US dollars. So the money comes into PayPal. Then we've got our um, Bank West accounts. And then I've got a business account in there. And then I've got my everyday account. It's a bit of a shamozzle. Like when you're kind of saying all this, it really is a bit of a shamozzle. Like I've kind of got like some sort of bucketing system going on, but it's, it is, yeah. it, it's, it's, I know it's shit. Put it that way. We can fix it for you. Yeah. We can fix it. Don't worry. Um, so what's like you've got, if we've worked out, um, what was that next step if you had to kind of summarize it? Yeah. So the next step is each business owner needs five bank accounts. I don't care what kind of business owner you are. Yeah. Every single business need the, needs these minimum five accounts, right? Yeah. And that's an income account. Yeah. where all of your money will come into that income account. And so for you, it might just be depositing that PayPal money into this common income account. Yeah. You want to have this account separate because you want to get cash flow visibility about how much you actually have, but also you want to have that control to yeah. ad- adequately split your money into the other four categories, which are really important as a business owner, which is profit, owner's pay, tax, and operating expenses, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got your percentages because we've done your cash flow analysis. And then out of that income account, you're going to split that money up every week or every fortnight Mm -hmm. by these percentages into your other bank accounts. So that's your tax, your profit, your owner's pay, and your operating expenses. Now, I can give you some pretty standard percentages now just so that people have a bit of a rough idea. Yeah, let's do it. 5% profit, 50% owner's pay. 50. 15% tax. Yep. Oh, yeah. So 50% owner's pay. Yep. 15% tax. Yep. And 30% operating expenses. That's standard, right? Let me check these sums add up. Uh, 80, no, it does. It checks out, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping Amy so accountable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know it off by heart. Yeah. Um, so let's just quickly talk about those percentages for a second because you'll get a lot of people going, what the, like, yep. you know, that's harder than what you think. Yep. Let's just quickly talk about the tax percentage first, all right? So especially in Australia or in America, it's the same. We're told 25 to 30% of tax, that's what we pay. But that's on the profit of the business, right? These figures, the, the 15%, that's based on a calculation with the expenses included. Included. So the dollar thing, figure ends up being the same, but that 15% is pretty standard. We mm. do need you to tailor your percentages. So it's a really good idea to talk to an accountant at some stage soon yeah. and be like, okay, based on my income and my expenses, how what's a dollar figure of tax that I should be set, setting aside every week or month yep. or fortnight? Yep. And then just reverse engineer that percentage, right? But a standard, I, I've done over 200 cash flow analysis in the last couple of years. Mm. It's usually around that 13, 15, 17 kind of percent. Right, okay. So 15% is a really good kind of starting point. I yeah. do want to also say that this is excluding GST. So your yeah. GST, you charge above. Mm-hmm. So you just chuck that 10% away into your account. You're just the holder of that. Yep. This is your, your your income and your company tax I'm talking about with the 15%. Yeah, cool. Uh, okay. So basically it's like 
Um, we're talking Australia with GST. If you're in the States, forget about this chat for a moment. Um, but with the GST, it's like your income comes in, yeah? You've yep. got to, the first thing that you do is take your 10% from that. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, and then what's left over yep. is your real revenue yep. that you've got left over to operate the business. Yep. Um, what was I going to ask? I was going to make a, a slight little inside joke into like something Love my it. um you said the my, my it's, it's just stupid my, my mate and I we um you said a word and it's a it's a it's a cash flow analysis I think or something like that oh it's, I always stuff up my words no no yeah. it's it's it's, <laughs> it's one of those words the plural of analysis is it analysis because I, I highly doubt it well I don't know I don't know look there's there's a lot of awkward how's it and I just want to kind of tell you about this thing because it's gross um there's a lot of awkward words out there. Well, they're, I mean, they're not, they're, they're out there, but it's hard. If I had to say, think of it, it's hard to give you an example. But there's awkward words out there like what you said there. When, when you chuck the S on it, it's hard to say, right? It's the plural word. Um, my mate and I made this little plural word up. Um, so what you do is you say, say analysis, you say analysis. And what it uh-huh. what it derived from is cactus because you know the plural of cactus is like cacti. cacti. Yeah. So now whenever we do plurals with anything, we say the I on the end, and it sounds so cool. I just wish if the world <laughs> adopted this. Would know. Oh hell yeah! All right, look, Paige, get it into the Wikipedia. That is the it. Encyclopedia. That's it. So everybody knows. No, I actually also stuff up sayings all of the time, oh, like yeah. your. Like two birds and one stone, like those kind of things. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. say the opposite or, or blend two together. They're the best. Yeah. They are the best. Yeah. I um, yeah. When I talk about things, I'll chat about a topic and I'll go down rabbit holes and I'll forget what my even my point was and I'll go deep as hell waiting for like, you know, to bring it back to the original point and I'll be like, I don't even know what I was talking about. So, kind of like what we're doing now. Pretty. No, I'm, bring, I'm bringing it back. We're getting back there, Amy. Don't worry. Uh, okay, so five bank accounts where I wanted to ask, because um, with the people who aren't, which is a lot of listeners here from the States, is the, is the, the amount of – because we got down um, 15% for tax. Is that the same for the people living in the US? Yep, yep. UK? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah it's all pretty standard. Cool, yep. I mean, obviously, as I said, go and work with your accountant to, because some people will have things like, and who knows what they have over in the UK, but hex debts and where the government automatically will take out money. So you want to make sure that you've tailored it to your business. The, the trick is use that as a standard, but just look at how much money roughly based on previous history you need to be putting aside every fortnight or every month and just work that what that is as a percentage. As cool. an average percentage, and just do and just use that. We don't need yep. to make it too difficult. It's as simple as that. Sweet as now, um, all these little accounts. Um, how often are we doing the transfer? Is it monthly? I like to do it weekly, yep. and I feel like most coaches should do it weekly. To be honest, mm. because it gets you in your cash flow more regularly, mm-hmm. and it helps you to see what's going on. And get excited about your numbers. Yeah. These transfers only take about five or ten minutes max. Like you open up your online banking, yep. you know your percentages. So there's something um, called I've got a spreadsheet in my program, but 
you can just open like a percentage calculator on a on a browser yeah. and you'll literally put in the the amount of money that's in the bank account at the time. So whatever's in the income account, we're going to break that up after your GST, break that up by these percentages. So you put the total amount that's in the bank account after GST mm. and then you just change the percentage. So it might be like 50% owner's pay and it'll tell you exactly how much. And then you transfer that mm. into your owner's pay account. And then same thing for tax and operating. So it's, it's a quick five-minute process. Mm. Every every week, you can do it fortnightly if weekly you know, is too much for you. You can do it monthly, mm. but the more you do it, you know, once a week, once a fortnight, it's gonna it's gonna be good for cash flow. Do you ever adjust the numbers? Because like, so what is if you have like a massive week and you're like, man, fifty percent, it's just too much. I don't need it. Like, uh, when would you adjust your numbers, and what do you adjust them to? Yeah, so I probably wouldn't adjust it if it was like just a massive week. Yeah. I would. We do a cash flow analysis every three months. So we look at what we've done and then redo our percentages every three months. But with that owner's pay account, the best way that I like to advise people is not to necessarily drain that account every week. That that owner's pay account is to sit in your business, not in your personal account. And you'll pay yourself into your personal account from that owner's pay account. And the reason why that's really good is because we're working to get on averages. So some weeks you might have a crap week, some weeks you might have a good week, but then it averages out. Mm -hmm. So choose an amount, a set amount every week to pay yourself that works with your you know, your current numbers, but also how much you need to pay yourself. And then let some money buffer up in that account because then you've got money for holiday pay. If you want to take a month off over Christmas because you've worked on averages, you can. Mm. Um, It'll pay for sick leave. So we don't need to be draining that account. Choose a set amount. So then you feel like you've got some consistency as well. Cool. I didn't exactly catch that because I zoned out for a microsecond when you said it. Um, that, That buffer account, is that... A separate account or is that in the original pool account where your income comes in? Yep. So every business, as I said before, needs five main accounts. Then you can choose to have a separate account if you want to. I like to also have a drip account, Mm -hmm. particularly for coaches that have inconsistent revenue. Mm -hmm. And so then you can just factor in a percentage into that bank account, particularly if you do have, you know, three months of really good revenue. You might like to adjust your percentages and put 5% into your drip account. So that if you know that over a winter period, you want to take a couple of months off or yep. you know that revenue is just not as good, yep. then you've got a pool of money there to grab. Nice. Liking it. Um, now, have we kind of covered the main things here? Like, did you do you add anything else from this or this is like what we need? Yeah. No, I feel like there's a couple more things to explain. And yep. it is always tough when you're going into numbers, but... Let's just go back to the accounts for a second. Hmm. So I've explained what an owner's pay account, what you do there. Your operating expenses is where you pay all the operating expenses of the business. Then you've got your profit account. So a lot of people are like, what do I do with profit? Mm -hmm. And there's a few different things to do with profit, okay? One is an owner's... You just go to Vegas, don't you? Yeah, well, seriously. So that is an owner's bonus at the end of every quarter. So we like to take whatever profit's in the profit account and do a couple of things with it. One is to put, if you've got no loans in the business mm. and you've, you know, everything else is kind of covered, it's good to think about 50% as an owner's bonus. Spend it on Vegas, spend it on handbags, spend it on something to really reward yourself. You are the business owner that's put in so much blood, sweat, and tears into this business to get it where it needs to be. You deserve to reap the benefits of that. 
Yep. The other 50% would go into that savings account or buffer account just to save up emergency savings in the business so that you've got a really good pool of money there if something happens. Mm. And then once you've got, say, three to six months worth of expenses sitting in that account, then you can choose what to do with it. Do you want to go on more conferences? Do you want a more personal development? Like, do you want to grow the business somehow? What is it that you want to do? Mm. Love it. Um, what did I have? Operating expenses. So you talked about loans. Um, that comes under, aren't you going to put that under operating expenses? Like literally everything. Wages, um, subscriptions to bloody pay for click funnels. Yeah. Every single expense, comes, right? Comes from operating yeah. expenses. Yeah. It does. Low, monthly repayments of loans as well comes yep. under operating expenses. Yep. But if you did have loans, you could actually use a percentage of the profit account at the end of every quarter to kind of blast it down even quicker as additional payments. Not your monthly payments, mm. but additional payments to try and blast down that debt even quicker. So in that case, you might decide to do 20% owner's bonus, you know, 30% to your emergency savings and then 50% of that money to blast off those debts. Just, you know, you've got to work with what feels good to you, but they're just a few examples of what you can do with that profit account. If you had a lot of merchandise or a lot of physical products or a lot of contractors that you bring in, not not staff, but contractors that you use to to extra coaches for to grow your programs, whatever it is, mm. then you might like to have a separate cost of sales account. Right. But I believe most coaches would probably sit under the structure that we said before. Would that be right? Pretty much. I mean, um, yeah, I was going to ask what happens when, um, say, you know, I, I join, I get coached or I bribe a new program and that's a big lump sum that comes out and you don't know when it's going to come out. <coughs> Where are we pulling that yeah. from? Is And is that more of a, hey, that's what you should save your profit up for? So when you can have those kind of unexpected things, which you know will come up, but you're investing back into the business, is that we probably take it from the profit it's, profit account? Uh, look, it's up to you. I would actually, if if investing in, in high-level coaching programs and masterminds to better yourself is really important to you, mm-hmm. which, you know, for most coaches it probably should be, then I, hope so. I would actually, yeah. hope so. Exactly. Just to say, hey, if you are a coach and you ain't getting coaching, then shit, man, come on. Yeah, I know. Um, seriously. Yeah. So I feel like it's a really good idea to open a separate bank account and just mm. have a certain percentage going into it. It means that, you know, if we think about the percentages, there's not an endless amount of percentages that we can give to every bank account. There's only 100% of our total revenue that we have. Yeah. So we've got to work out what is the breakdown of our percentages. Do you, you know, reduce your, op- your owner's pay percentage? And then put it into that coaching bucket because essentially it could be seen as owners, you know, a benefit to the owner. Or do you go, okay, how much am I spending on operating expenses? Can I reduce that operating expenses to put five percent into my coaching, um, my coaching account? You just need to work out what your percentages look, how they look good for you. But the yeah. biggest thing yeah. is just then separating it all out so you've got cash flow coming in for those specific purposes, and you're mm. always ahead of the game. Yeah. Yep. So good. All right. Is so are we have you got anything else in the, the bag of tricks? Okay. One thing I just want to say, it's 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 not a practical thing, it's a mindset thing. Yeah. So I see this all the time that coaches, business owners in general, particularly no, no, I won't say that, but you know, a lot of business owners think that making more money is gonna make them more rich. The answer to our prayers. 
the answer to the present. When I make $10,000 a month, that's the magic number. When I earn $20,000 a month, oh, that's when I'm going to <laughs> bloody fly into Vegas, yep. $30,000 a month. Mm. And I can tell you I've worked with, I don't know how many, like countless multimillionaires in the last couple of years mm. who have expenses up to their chin and they have really limited amount of free cash flow available. So I just want to say that making more money doesn't mean profit. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have a rich lifestyle. It's not to um, talk about doom and gloom because I don't believe that in all. I'm, at all. I'm the, one of the most positive people you'll ever meet. But I just want to make people aware because as your income increases, so do your responsibilities generally in terms of we get more team to manage different programs. We get um, more subscriptions, more yeah. everything, right? Mm. So what we just need to do is just to have our eyes on our numbers and work out how to split our cash flow effectively so that we do focus on profit and we do focus on owner's pay. That's when you can find those financial freedoms because how easy it is it to not have awareness and be like, oh, I'm just going to spend another 10 grand on Facebook ads this month or I'm just going to spend, you know, whatever. Our expenses, we just keep increasing them, which, yeah, as I said, we just need to do it sustainably, yep. put our profit first so that as we are scaling our business, we are building profitable businesses. Mm, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I was just thinking about um, just the feeling of when we set up, my wife and I, when we set up all of our accounts and from a personal point of view, just the feeling it gave you where it's like you can see it all, like you can be, you're all over it, you got this control and it's like the emotion gets taken out of and the guesswork. It's like, oh, my God. Am I taking in, like, am I spending too much this week? Um, and I, I can just know, for, and it's, just, it's ironic that I just haven't done it with the business side of things. Um, but, if, you know, anyone listening to this thing, I, 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 not that I can talk from a business point of view because there's a lot of notes that I'm taking here, Amy, and I'm like, oh, shit, man, it's got to change. Like, I mean, the, the five accounts, that's 100%. Um, but from when we did it personally, the feeling it gives you, it, at, it actually made this is what I'd say. It made it made the whole money thing fun. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. And this is what it does for your business. Mm. And to the point where you actually get so excited to do your allocations. Like literally so excited because you see those bank accounts filling up. Like that feeling that, oh my God, I've got this. I've got my tax sitting there. So when the tax bill comes, I don't even need to stress. Like that's gonna be exciting to pay it. There's something really true. And there'll be a lot of money mindset coaches on this, listening to this podcast, I'm sure, that where your energy goes, where your attention goes, energy flows, yeah. right? So by having your separate bank accounts for your personal life and for your business and having a bit of a plan for them, they're going to fill up. I bet you if you had a holiday account in your personal life and you mm. had a goal, a you know, $5,000 goal or to go to Bali or something, how money just kind of seemed to come in to help to fill up those bank accounts mm. if you were you know, sticking by. If you've got the accounts and you're just forgetting about it, then it's not going to work. But I can't tell you when we did, we did it in our personal life first before I even learned about profit first. Yeah. And I had a goal to invest $50,000 into my investment account mm. by December of that year. At the time when I set that goal, there was no way in hell there was any available extra money for that to happen. But it fucking happened. It happened. <laughs> it happened. That's so cool. And I don't yeah. know. It's just that it's like what it, you know, where you put energy and you and you're focusing, things just start to start to happen for you. So there's definitely a money mindset element into this piece as well. Yeah. It 
having a structure helps your money mindset because you do feel more in control Mm -hmm. and you feel like you've got those foundations set up. Hey, I hope you're enjoying today's episode so far. Make sure you click subscribe to stay up to date because we release a new podcast every single week. And if you're getting value out of this, then share it. Share it with the world. Share it with someone that you know that would also benefit from it. And hey, tag us over on Instagram at Luke underscore page and we'll give you a shout out for the support. Thank you so much. Let's get back into this. You know, the audience here are very into personal development and they know the importance of manifesting and thinking and focusing on what you want. So um, they're going to definitely take in your message there, Amy. Um, Cool. Is there anything else that you haven't added in yet? Okay. Okay. If you're worried about opening multiple bank accounts because you're worried about bank fees, please just let that go because there are heaps of banks out there Mm. that do low fees and no fees. So that's one thing. So you can not let that be a barrier. The other thing is when you're doing your online transfers, in that description box, you know when you put how much money you're transferring, so you'll choose what accounts it's going from. So your income account, say to your tax account, and then you'll put how much money is going into that account and then the description box below. This is a good little hack for you. Put in there what account it's going from and into. So tax in in uh, tax sorry income to tax or income to profit or income to bonus pay right because that little description is going to go into your accounting software. Yep. And then it's going to make it very very easy to reconcile those internal transfers. There's only say five or six additional transactions that you need to reconcile by doing the profit first method. Mm-hmm. Like every time you do your allocations, it it takes like. It's not a barrier. It doesn't. It takes you know twenty seconds to reconcile them. It's not very long. Mm. But by putting in that little description, yep. it's just going to make it really easy for you to know how to reconcile it. So I do want to give you that little tip because yes, I have heard before someone implement profit first and go, oh, it became an accounting nightmare because I had <laughs> to find where all of those transactions went. And I'm like, just put a description. It's easy. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Um, beautiful, Amy. You have been awesome like this is such a really cool episode so important as well um and i I actually just tagged you in a a story saying that getting you on what we're talking about and i said that's not something that i have had a guest speak about so um yeah um make sure anyone listen to this make sure you go follow amy so where can they find you amy yeah so i've got my instagram page um which, which is mrs amy bet a-M-Y-B-E-T-T. And then my website, amybet.com. Mm-hmm. There's a free masterclass on there that anybody can watch and actually take you through the step-by-step of implementing a cash flow system into your business, which kind of makes it pretty easy to understand. So feel free to go and watch that and to get educated in this space. Awesome. And regardless of the coach, whether they're based in Australia or in the US or UK or anywhere in the world, it's your course um, helps. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep. It's very, very helpful course, very practical, um, and you get all the spreadsheets. It makes it super easy to implement as well. Um, yeah. So good. All right. So make sure, number one, go follow Amy now. And then number two, if you're liking this and you know you can understand this, the, how important it is, <laughs> like think about Amy's example where they were making money, yet she still closed the business because she hadn't yet figured out how to manage all the money coming in and out. So just because you're making money doesn't mean that your business is safe because, yeah, if you can't manage things and as you grow and you take on more wages and more expenses and things like that, you can get caught up very quickly. So make sure if you realize the importance of this, number one, follow Amy and then go, um, 
send her a message if you want to know a little bit more about her course yeah. and find out. Send her a DM. Um, or even just let her know what was like the number one thing that you got out of this. Amy, legend. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love chatting to people. Love the DMs. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, Amy. Hey there, I hope you loved today's episode. If you did, I would really appreciate if you could leave us a review on the platform that you're listening to this on right now. You see, your help and support allows us to spread this podcast across the world, and we can't do it without you. Apart from that, make sure you're following us over on Instagram at Luke underscore page.